Welcome to Blaze and Gutch, where we're just talking football. I'm Teresa Blaze, and I've got my, my friend, my sidekick, uh, and, you know, fellow troublemaker, Michelle Saunders Gutch. Michelle, how are you doing? Hey, as mischievous as ever. And how about those Chiefs? Well, they're uh, starting to show a little bit of life. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't say much for the offense, but uh, they're showing just a little tiny bit of life. So maybe just maybe they're going to do a little something. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that defense uh, new player kind of came into the team. We'll see if he sparked some things. And then, you know, Mahomes seems to be playing a little bit better in the game, but I still think there could be something a little off between him and Kelsey. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about that. We'll get into that. And um, I mean, there's a lot to cover. Oh my goodness. Is it always interesting when you're dealing with the NFL? (laughs) I mean, week to week, you really, you really do not know what you're going to get. Right. So let's run down what happened. Uh, with our with our top three teams, and then we've got a couple stories that we want to highlight. And I think Michelle, you have a player that you want to highlight. Before we do that, I want to announce a couple things. First of all, we are live in iTunes, so you guys can follow, subscribe. You know, or actually, is it follow now? Yeah, follow us in iTunes, and we're going to be uh, submitting to the other directories very soon. My next step is I'm going to be getting the social medias up, so you'll have social medias. And uh, we also have a donate page. So if you want to donate, uh, we've set up a PayPal. We've set up everything that we need for it. So if you want to donate, you can do so. Uh, there's a link that should be in, in the um, the player, uh, your, your, your player. So that said, we're just really happy to be doing this, guys. We love, we love football. And I want to kind of step back to um, week eight. I mean, obviously we got a couple of weeks to recap. So I want to step back to week eight. Going into week eight, you had the Chiefs and the Giants. You had the Broncos and the Washington football team. Of course, they'll always be known as the Redskins in my mind. But, you know, hey, <laughs> until they actually come up with a name, they're going to be the Redskins. Sorry. Um, and then you had the uh, Cardinals and the Packers. And going into this week, Michelle, let me ask you, when you were going into that week, what, what were you thinking? What was the mo- tops on your mind? I mean, as far as that Chiefs game? You know, for me, what was on my mind is, hey, are they going to reduce the amount of turnovers they've had? And, you know, how are, how are they going to play as a team? And were they going to be consistent? And were they going to play? Were they going to play in the game? Were they going to be in the game? No kidding. And I mean, I mean, because going into that game, they had multiple turnovers and it was usually thrown by Mahomes or or where he was throwing picks or fumbling the ball. And you're just going, heaven, help me. This is this is bad football. So, I mean, going into that game. Would you say they actually matched, they checked those boxes? Were they consistent in that Giants game or were they still having issues? You know, I still think they are having some issues. You know, I I think it's a culmination of lots of things. And I do think 
you know, Patrick Mahomes stepped up and said, you know, I'm accountable for this. I'm responsible for changing and getting us to play better and play like we're in the game and we're not already winning and won and, you know, focus more. I mean, that's just my my perspective on it. It's easy to say, well, you know, they got a they got a flute game. I mean, they barely got out with a field goal, but a win is a win in, in, in the final tally, right? So right. And I do think that a lot of those players, you know, a lot of people look at it, but you know, I also do go out and peruse comments and you know, read people's opinions of their wins. You know, they don't they don't like the way they're winning. And many don't like the way they're winning. And I don't think they like the way they're winning. No, I, I can see why they don't like it. But I mean, at, I mean, at least right now. I mean, but they'll take they're going to take the win and they're happy that they're winning. And that's a little bit of mojo for them and continued. I just, you know, I think for the years that they were doing so well and, you know, playing like champions play it feels like a setback it, it yeah you know and i i do think you have to recover from that kind of it's a mental thing so but you know i am we're all happy here it's called victory monday and we are happy that they did win their game their recent game against the packers so you know you bring up the packers i want to i want to touch on um the Packers Cardinals game from week eight and you and I both watched that game. And I want to get your take from someone who has never seen the Cardinals play a full game. I want to get your take on the Cardinals from someone who's never seen them play. Well, first and foremost, I mean, this team wants to win. I mean, they, they are playing like winners. They are driven to play, to win. And they play like a team. And there's a lot of talent, a lot of talent all the way around on the team. It was really cool to watch their quarterback win. And, you know, excuse me, not that game. I mean, it was really cool to watch him play and um, how hard they played against the Packers. I mean, is Aaron and that went down to the wire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it it was for if you're a Cardinals fan, it was a heartbreaker. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. No. Well, so close. And I've seen the Chiefs play like that, you know, in the past. And it breaks your, you know, you're like, oh, you're crushed. And I, I can only imagine how the Cardinals felt. But they didn't keep them from winning this past game that they played. No, no, we'll get to that in a minute uh, because there are some key factors to that game that, um, uh, you know, but I want to I want to I want to stick on the uh, Cardinals Packer game, you know, because the thing is they had they played like a team that had reckless abandon, you know, and I mean, and, and, and Kyler was just, you know, he was, you know, he had his mistakes. I mean, they made their mistakes. You know, they had some turnovers. Had they, I think, had they had a few less turnovers, they would have. I think they would have gotten some more points. Uh, and I think regarding that game, had AJ Green turned around and saw the ball coming, I think he would have caught it. He just has those kind of hands. 
He has such talent. I mean, the receivers, the linemen, the defense, defense, the offense, the quarterback, they just really, that recruiting staff, their coaching staff, everyone has really hit, you know, in my opinion, hit, hit champions. I really did enjoy watching them. And I learned a whole lot about kind of their strategies and how they play. And I mean, these, this team is relentless. Yeah, they are. And apparently Aaron Rodgers went up to Kyler Murray after the game and whispered in his ear, we'll see you in the playoffs. So I think that says a lot, a lot right there. I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, but that says a lot right there for the caliber of team that uh, Arizona has put together. So uh, last team I want to hit as far as week eight is Denver. Now they won, they won against Washington, but I mean, the first, as I recall, the first half was kind of like, ugh. What are you doing? You know, and they finally stepped it up. They got their stuffing gear and they actually played like they wanted to win. I'm seeing a different side to this team. Yeah. Again, why aren't they playing that way the whole time? I I wish I had an answer for you. It's like, okay, don't you want to win the whole time? I mean, you know, it's like, what is it that takes, you know, takes people that play a while, I guess, just to get to know the kind of the, uh, you know, their, their other team, maybe, I, you know, cause these teams change all the time. Their plays change all the time, trying to get their footing out there and things well, like that's what that. They have film time and practice for, I know, but it's like, wow, why wait until the third quarter to really come alive. I mean, that's what the Broncos have done even when I was a Broncos fan for years and years and years. And yet, even when Elway started, you know, playing and geez, you know, it's like that puts a lot of pressure on everybody. It really does. Cause if you, especially if you let yourself get down into, into too big of a deficit, then you risk, okay, crap, I can't overcome because you're only going to get too many, too, uh, so many cracks at the ball uh, with the way the game is played. So, you know, again, I think, you know, we're seeing a team. I don't, I mean, are, are, is, is the NFC or AFC West decided not by a long shot? No. I mean, the Chiefs could still come power up. Broncos, I mean, there's still game left. Yeah, there really is. I mean, the AFC West is not decided. Um, and so I think there, that's a division we kind of want to watch because, but I think honestly, if you have a 500 record, the way things are going, you could be sniffing at the playoffs, which is kind of scary because usually it should be, if, if you're sitting at 500, you don't touch the playoffs. That I mean, they're all kind of struggling. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, there's issues. And the question is really, what are those issues? That's a good question. And I think we're going to have to wait and see who uh, in the next uh, few games. I think the next few games around week 10 or 11, I think we should start to find out who's going to actually have a little something for the year and who's going to have to wait until next year. Well, and you think about the NFL changes and the leadership changes. And kind of the, you know, I would say that there's a liberal stance going on. Very true. Very true. There is. And I'm, and we know that. And, you know, so that we know they lean that way. Um, and 
I and I would and I'm just gonna I'm gonna call out one of the dumbest rules that I and I absolutely hate it every time it gets called because it's dumb, and that's taunting. Like, I'm sorry, a player wants to celebrate because they got a touchdown or something, and you're going to throw a flag on them and call them for taunting. What? It's called football. I I don't know. I think that is one of the dumbest rules they could have invented. Yeah, I think that there's borderline opinions, but that seems a little extreme. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Let's let's touch week nine very briefly. Um, Chiefs, they did really well. You said they had some offensive issues still, but they got the win. So now they've got a two-game winning streak going into week 10. Yes, which is good. I mean, that keeps them even, Steven, with the Broncos. I think AFC ratings, Broncos were lower than the Chiefs, not by much based on how they score. Right, but the Broncos put a shellacking on the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I know, which is totally so different than what anybody anticipated or expected. No way, no way. It was like 30 to 16. And it was in Dallas. Yeah, they walked in and they like, they just hammered them. And that was like one of the biggest upsets in uh, the game of football in my mind. So, So far, yeah. I, I really do think so because no one anticipated in Dallas fans. I mean, they're like Broncos fans, like Chiefs fans, like Cards. You know what I mean? I mean, so it's just kind of interesting that that. I mean, I didn't watch that game. I know you did, but I'd like to hear your perspective on it. I, you know what I what I saw was a team that was playing like a legitimate championship team in all three phases of the game like their offense was just on fire uh defense uh yeah dallas couldn't get anything going and special teams was just killing it so you know can they carry that momentum on to the next game i have no idea i guess we'll find out yeah that'll be interesting i have a lot of friends that are diehard bronco fans (laughs) <laughs> we might even have to have a few of them on the show, but they'll, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, they're going to have different opinions on all this, you know? And then, so the chiefs get away Cardinals, Cardinals. <laughs> Did they, okay. I want to touch on this um, because the Cardinals, you know, they came like during, so that during the week that they had the 10 days, they had to kind of recoup after the Thursday night loss. You know, you're sitting there wondering, are, is this going to set them back? Well, then they find out, okay, we're not going to have our star quarterback. We're not going to have A.J. Green due to COVID protocols. We're not going to have M. Um, Hopkins because uh, he's injured. Oh, and we're not going to have our, our special teams coach, our running backs coach, and one of our running backs is going to get hurt on the first play of the first drive that they run. <laughs> And I think I might be missing an injured player or two. I mean, they were just hamstrung. And yet, they went out and they put 31 points up on the four, on the 49ers and allowed only 39 rushing yards the entire game. Yeah, that's relentless. That's re- just not letting barriers keep them. I mean, it's how people... And when you push through life that way, I mean... I. It's amazing. Your fortitude, 
Yeah, it really is because, and it happened uh, when they were playing Cleveland, you know, they didn't have their uh, quarterback coach and they didn't have their head coach because of COVID. And yet they still found a way to win. And it's so funny. I keep hearing all these national pundits not giving, there are some that are coming around finally, but all these national pundits, Oh, the cards are going to collapse eventually. Yeah. Okay. When they are actually winning 11 games and they're making some noise in the playoffs, are you willing to admit that you're wrong? (laughs) You know, I mean, the, I mean, the, this team has something special. They remind me of a 2015 team, the one that went to the Super Bowl. Yes, I think, like you said, there's something special. You know when winners are winners. And, you know, that's how they play. They're champ, they play that way. You know, I mean, they're out there to win. They're going to do everything they can to win. Every single person has the mindset of wanting to win. They're hungry to win. They're out there to, you know, show that adversity doesn't keep them from winning. No, no, it really doesn't. And I think um, we're learning a lot about this team. I think had this happened last year, it would have knocked them for a loop. But we are learning a lot about the um, the the guts of this team. We're learning a lot about how much they want it. So, you know, that's a highlight that kind of touching around the NFL that's a highlight of, of, of the Cardinals and the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting going into week 10 to see what happens. Um, I know, Michelle, you've got a player that you want to end the show on, but I want to touch on a story that needs to be touched on uh, because a lot of people are going to bag on the story and we need to touch on it. Oh, yes, I think so. I, I think that's your United said. Henry Ruggs, he's a uh, Raiders or was a Raiders uh, player. I don't remember what position he played. But he, now keep in mind, this team lost their coach, John Gruden, okay, like last week or week before he ended up resigning due to some stuff, which we're not going to get into. But so they're reeling from that. They're trying to get back, you know, back on, 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 on even keel. They were still winning games. They lost to the Giants uh, this week. And during this past week, Henry Ruggs went out to a party, had a few too many drinks, was driving his car at 120-something miles an hour, and hit a lady in a hit-and-run and killed her. Naturally, the Raiders let him go, and naturally, he's going to have to stand trial for what happened. Here's my question. Everybody's concerned about the victim's family as well. They should be. Everybody's concerned about the other players. How is this going to affect them as well? They should be because, you know, I mean, that's a massive amount of change to adjust to in a couple of weeks uh, time. But how should a Christian respond when they hear a story like that? What is a Christian response to, okay, you just ran over and killed someone? You know, we are all people who do dumb things. We are all people who fall short and we make poor choices. And not only God has made every one of us in his image, he made him in his image. And I'm sure that God is just grieved, deeply grieved. And this man has got, you know, a lot to deal with as a result of what's transpired. And that's enough of a burden to have to deal with for his entire life. You know, I'm pretty sure he's going to see some jail time. I mean, and 
I know that Michelle, you and I, I'm guessing are in agreement. He needs to be held accountable for what he did. There's, there's no doubt that he needs to be held accountable and he's going to hold himself accountable. I'm sure more than anything, depending on the kind of person he is. I mean, it's kind of what transpired with Andy Reid's son, who I don't know if you're aware, he was on the coaching staff, he was let go, but he also drank and was on prescription drugs and ended up running into this car off this ramp that had a little girl in it and another small child, the little one little girl got hurt terribly, was in the hospital and came out with a lot of injuries and lifetime injuries. And, you know, he's had to deal with the outcome of that and, you know, what that did to his dad and then also the team's reputation. And I'm still not sure that's not, it didn't affect the team too. But I'm just saying not to negate what we're talking about here. Yes, this man does need to be held accountable. I'm sure that there will be a lot of mental health issues that he will deal with and he will have to go through the consequences just like all of us who've had and have made poor choices and as a result and obviously he was out of control was definitely out of control emotionally mentally you know why was he driving 125 miles an hour I can't imagine what's going through um, Ruggs's head right now. Um, I would say, you know, he he's going to be held accountable. He needs to be held accountable. That that is why why you choose to get behind the wheel driving 125 miles an hour is beyond me. It's it was it was a very stupid move. That said, he's gonna pay, he's gonna have to pay the consequences for his actions and. But at the same time, I think, you know, you know, he's going to lose his NFL career. He's going to lose everything he worked for because of one choice. And so the question is, why, what, why was he struggling so much? Because, you know, he obviously didn't have a relationship with God or his relationship with God was not on the forefront of his life. I mean, what led him? to do what he did to drink as much as he did and get behind the wheel unless he was trying to take his own life. You know what I mean? I don't know. We got to be really careful what we say here. We could get us, you know, people could, you could be sued. So I'm not, I'm just really trying to say, you know, God loves him too. We don't, yeah, we don't know what was in his mind uh, that night. And we don't, I don't think we'll ever know. Um, what we, what we can say is, we're sorry that this happened. Um, I pray that uh, he finds Christ. I pray that he gets his life put together. Well, and I pray deeply for his family and all those that love him too. And I feel my heart breaks and breaks for the team and breaks for all those that are enduring the outcome of this. You know, I mean, I'm not a perfect person. I made some pretty poor choices in my younger years without, you know, a God in my life that I could go to that and lean on. I mean, I was pretty much out of control emotionally 
And I got behind the wheel and did some dumb stuff. I mean, thankfully, it didn't result in me hitting someone. But I mean, this man's life's going to change. I mean, there's so much. And then this family of this poor victim, you know, I mean, we just got to pray for them all. But the response is that God loves him too. And and you can't, I mean, I can't even imagine if that happened to my daughter or that how I would feel about any you know, of the other person that did that and hurt them. You know, I, you know, this man was obviously drunk. Yeah, didn't that's have any, very clear. He didn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, he shouldn't have been doing that and, and driving. I mean, I, it's just, it's a story you hear too many times. It is. It is. And I think it also goes to, again, lack of leadership. I mean, you know, because if you are putting your best effort out on that field, if you're putting your best effort out in your life choices, you're not going to make those kind of mistakes. You know, you're just not. So it's a story I think that we had to touch on because it's, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people will, will say, well, he was a horrible guy. Well, we don't know what led to those events. And obviously someone needs to work with him. And if he doesn't know Christ, lead him to Christ. If he does know Christ, help him get his relationship with God back in order. Yes, absolutely. And bring healing. I mean, you know, my heart is breaking for the whole situation and everyone all the way around. Absolutely. So, but I'm glad we touched on it because it was important. Now, Michelle, um, we said we were going to highlight a player uh, who lives their faith on and off the field. And I think you have one for us this week. Well, I mean, everyone knows that Patrick Mahomes is going through and has gone through quite a, a span of struggle for those that keep up with him. I mean, he is such an incredible young man. He's had so much uh, in his life that's transpired since his success, you know, playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he gives God the glory in all that he does. I've seen lots of Instagram posts and different social media posts and read his fan page. And, you know, I do think he it is a young man who is trying to live out his faith and grow in his faith and he's a new dad he's going to be married he's doing a lot for the community here in the kansas city area and other you know like they brought in a women's soccer team his fiance who i don't know exactly when they're going to get married it'll be soon i think but you know they're trying to do good and do other things you know to make this community better in terms of their foundation and, you know, their support in, you know, um, so many of the areas of um, children um, that are, you know, underprivileged and other, you know, types of um, support in charities that, you know, need extra attention. Um, you know, I can tell you that he played for a, a Christian university out of, I mean, Lubbock. Um, he's got roots out of Texas. I think he was raised his mom, raised and dad, raised him Christian. Um, and he does have an incredible amount on his shoulders right now. 
I do think he's had some injuries. I think he had a concussion and some other that he had to overcome and then being a new dad. And then also the pressure of being so young and being so successful as an NFL player. You know, there's a lot. He's got his hands in a lot, you know, too. But I do think he is one who does strive to give the God glory in all he's doing, in his talent. And, you know, sometimes we get, you know, covered by so many things through the blessings of our gifts and talents. It, it makes it very difficult to carry. And we always don't let God carry us the way we should. But I do think he's got a level head and he's doing what he can to lean into his faith, to help him as he struggles, you know, and I think that is one thing that I wanted to make sure everyone heard from my perspective. It's how we go through the struggle. And Patrick is doing a phenomenal job, in my opinion, in sharing how he is going through his struggle. So he's being very authentic. He's being very authentic. It's, I think that's a really cool um, thing because especially, you know, it's one thing to be live your faith when you're having, I mean, when everything's cool, um, you're getting championships, whatever the case may be. It's quite another when you are um, in the midst of struggle. And um, I think, you know, we're going to learn a lot about the players that we highlight as we highlight them. And we learn about them and and how what they do and how they operate. So um, I'm really happy to hear that he's making such an impact on the team, uh, on the community, and even more importantly, uh, that his faith is showing itself. That he is showing, look, I'm not going to be just a quarterback and say I'm a Christian, all this, but I'm actually going to do my best to live it. That is crucial. Right. I mean, everyone has a different perspective on what, you know, he's a young Christian man. Okay. He's had a lot of fame. Um, I'm not here to judge him. We're not here to judge others. I'm just saying, I think for the amount of fame this man has had and where he's at for his such a young age that I think he is representing, you know, that his faith and his, well, all he has, he gives God glory. So. That's what's important. And so, you know, he's doing what he can, you know, to do that. And then yet play in an NFL league that's changing, you know, is very different than it was um, two years ago when he started, you know. I would agree with that. that. Yeah, yeah, it's very, um, I would definitely agree that the NFL is changing. Uh, In some cases, I would say not for the better, Uh, but that, you know, but at the same time, the league is also very unforgiving. I mean, you, um, you have to, you have to show up week in and week out. And if you don't, uh, they let you know. Oh yeah. And we've seen what's transpired with Aaron Rodgers. So, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, his choice on, uh, his whole vaccination thing and, and they are just murdering him on that. And, we don't necessarily have time to get into that, but that's a whole other story that we could get into because, again, we're seeing uh, politics trump um, choice. And, you know, and that's as far as I want to go with that. But but that's I think we're both in agreement with that one. So 
I think week 10 is going to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on to your hats, your footballs, all those things. Yeah. And I, I you know what? I, I can't wait to get around this mic again and cover. Uh, we'll be back around like after week 11 and we'll be covering uh, weeks 10 and 11 and trying to, you know, catch everybody up. Um and, you know, we'll highlight the big stories that really impact the NFL. I, I'm looking forward to see uh, which teams stand out and which teams have to go, okay, we're done for the year. I mean, we're starting to see that with the Houston Texans and the uh, the Jets and the, the Dolphins to a degree. We're starting to, you know, they're pretty much done for the year. Um, but I, I think we're going to see a few other teams kind of start to hit that. Okay, we're just a mediocre average team so i think we'll find out towards week 11 yeah it's a lot of competition that's for sure and you know everybody wants to win they all want to win but let's how much do you want to win yeah there's a a good that's a key there's a good question so well michelle it's been good uh i think we've I think we've just we've touched on everything um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Me too. And uh, we're going to have some lively conversation next time we talk. Oh, yeah. As always. So yeah. With that, I'm Teresa Blaze uh, with Michelle Saunders Gutch. And we will talk again next time. We're out. <laughs>